0: Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Jude Bolton joins us down the line to dissect all the big news in footy over the last 24 hours. It's nearing the end of the home and away season and some big names, including a premiership captain, are calling time on their careers. Alistair Clarkson puts pen to paper to North Melbourne fans opening up about his mental health. And Ethan Meldrum jumps in with his three big stats for the week. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes here for your hump day and joined down the line by Jude Bolton. 325 games, 196 goals for the Sydney Swans. Jude, thank you so much for joining
1: us today. Thanks for having me, Abby.
0: It's been a very big week at the Sydney Swans, hasn't it? <laughs> to to put it, yeah. Um Buddy Franklin stepping away. I I know you retired in 2013. The very next year was when Buddy rolled in, but what an incredible career for an amazing figure of this game.
1: Well, if I'd realised there was the cavernous gap and the salary cap to allow (laughs) Buddy to come to Sydney, I might have hung around a little bit longer, but no. Um, No, what a star he's been across, obviously, Hawthorne and Sydney. And and just I I, um, I cherish longevity, you know, in, in the players that I've always admired and to have 18 years highest level and, and to play at the standard that he has. It's mm. um, just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. We've been captivated throughout. And, yeah, to, to, to play in the 2012 Premiership um, and play against the Hawks and see him light up the big stage then and then, um, you know, try and defend that Premiership in, in 2013 and then see the Hawks win mm. and start their their, their dynasty, um, just phenomenal. And then to see him come up to Sydney and, and you know, a whole new uh, – uh, set of fans get on board and, yeah. and support him.
0: On that, what what did he do for football in New South Wales when he arrived at the Swans?
1: Yeah, people look a little bit sort of uh, granular just at whether premierships were delivered or not. I mean, I've been at the SCG when he's just been absolutely on fire and and people are just sitting on the edge of their seat watching him. Um, and then just the the little things. I mean, just... Think out of you know, take the back page of, of a paper in New South Wales mm. when there's other you know things going on at different stages. You can't you can't underestimate the the impact that he's had, and you know people are maybe might be staunch rugby league supporters, but they'll go, "Gee, I sat down to watch Buddy on the weekend. He was impressive, and things like that." So, mm. um, and I, you know, I I just hear all the players that are playing alongside him, and when you hear the word, it's been a privilege. Get a front row seat and things, it it has. You know, we've we've all been fr- privileged as fans, and supporters of this great game, and uh, to see someone do what he's done, I can still remember even because he he debuted against the Sydney Swans in uh, two thousand five.
0: Yeah,
1: they, they uh, I think it John Longmire or uh, one of the team had just um, had basically just given us a bit of a a video, a few highlights of just this youngster in the reserves and coming in, <laughs> and he's going to debut. And you are like, God, oh, he's doing things that. Any of us could only dream of as just a youngster.
0: He certainly does put bums on seats. But within the four walls of the Sydney Swans, would, and externally as well, we're shattered that we're not going to be able to I guess, have a a goodbye match for Buddy. I I think he deserves that. Um, Very unfortunate about this calf issue that he sustained on the weekend, but I was really gearing up for, you know, around 24 goodbye um, to one of the greatest Mm. players to ever play the game. And I I think we're all pretty shattered that that won't be the case.
1: Yeah, it feels like we haven't had that chance to really send him off in the way we all want to, which which is that, yeah, that just sort of the fanfare, but he doesn't. He doesn't crave it. He doesn't want it. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of packed up and he was ready to sort of get up to uh, to the Gold Coast with, the, with with Jacinta and his kids. And, and that's exactly – he's extremely private. And speaking to some of the players from the Swans, I mean, just they know how private he is. But, you know, inside those four walls, they just cherish the moments they've had with him, which is, you know, playing FIFA up in the rooms <laughs> and things like that and knocking around and, and he's – um. He's just a big kid uh, to them uh, inside the inside the Sydney Swans.
0: How do the Swans go about celebrating their retirees? Is there any traditions or what happened when you hung up the boots after three hundred and twenty-five games?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not not really uh, any traditions. Generally, it's just a, like a long lunch or something like that, and get together yeah. with with a group of guys and things like that. And and those have been along the journey and you know yourself footy clubs are such big entities and the people that come along whether it's from bootstrappers and people are taping your ankles all the way through and um yeah so I think over that sort of journey I know that there'll be you know people from Hawthorne and the like want to be you know celebrating and hopefully we do get that chance to Mm. to really send him off properly and I mean, he should be an instant, instant, you know, hall of fame legend when that when that time comes as well.
0: Absolutely. So, sending our very big congratulations to Buddy and Jacinda and the kids, and um, yeah, can't mm. wait to see what's next for them. But this certainly opens up some space at the Swans, um, a little bit of dosh as well, you would think. <laughs> but who do you, I guess, think that the Swans will go after now? Is is there another big name that's getting punched around up there?
1: I, I still look at the way you know um, Brody Grundy sort of operating at the Ds at the moment. Mm. We know that Max Gorn's taken that, uh, you know, step of just, you know, having the, the sole mantle as as the Ruckman and he's been performing so well. That's a certain opportunity where I, I look and think, you know, would the Swans make a big play to say there's a void there? Tom Hickey's been in and out of the side with injuries and the like. Um, so they've thrown Hayden McLean, uh, Joel Marty pinch hits in there. But to have someone of the calibre of like a Brody Grundy um, – would that would be hugely impactful for them but we'll wait and see so you reckon
0: the swans are having those big conversations already about Brody they, they have to yeah they
1: have to you, you know you're um they're not doing their job unless they're sort of asking those questions um so you know i'd be with uh, tom harley and and the, all the recruiting mm. staff and things like that starting to look at those um you know your list analysis and you go where's where's the gaps well that's been a big issue across the last couple of years is, you know, Sam Naismith went down early on and then, you know, had to finish up and they've, they've just never quite got that right. When when Tom Hickey was at his best, that's yeah. when they, they got in a really good uh, run. So you need you need a Premier Ruckman to, to compete against the best.
0: Watch this space, hey. It's going to be very, very interesting how that one plays Thank out you. over the next few months. But Shannon Hearn as well, a premiership captain. He has called time on his career after 18 seasons, 332 games at the moment. He came out and said that people said to him, you will just know when the time is right. And and for him, it feels right. He's stepping away. Um, an amazing leader, yes, and, and a quality quality career that he's had.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... What a what a star he's been. Mm-hmm. And I think um I just loved even the way Adam Simpson talked about the fact you're not you're not gonna see him on Instagram, you're not gonna see him <laughs> all these sort of things. He doesn't care about that. He's a footballer's footballer and and I think that's that's where he's commanded respect over the dime and uh whether it's you know the prodigious kicks out of defense and setting up and breaking the lines, um, but then just so reliable and um, you know, formidable and a an premiership player. So mm. yeah, an incredible captain over the journey and him and McGovern in defence over that time, how resolute the West Coast Eagles were. And mm. that's where the frustration is watching them at, at present where it's it's been this this tough time for the West Coast Eagles. But no doubt it's, um, it's the right sort of sort of time for Shannon Hearn. And they've, they've been an interesting player in terms of dealing with some of those mature uh, mature-age players at the yeah. moment and, and how they they uh, navigate this this list for them at the moment. Mm,
0: Shannon's a bloody good person, 18 yeah. years away from home. I wonder if he stays in WA or if he returns back to SA. He's, of course, a Barossa boy and his family are all back yeah. there. So going to be interesting to see what's next for him as well. And some unfortunate news coming out of the Hawks yesterday with Max Lynch um, Set to retire from football at the ripe old age of just 24, um, an AFL independent medical concussion panel recommended that he cease participation in contact sports permanently. He's um, he's an absolute ripper, Max. He's had mm. nine concussions or around there throughout the journey. So this is very unfortunate for, for a young star.
1: Yeah, it is. I think I saw sort of, you know, him sort of speaking to the players and, yeah, he, he sort of kept it quite brief. He didn't want to get emotional. But yeah. I think, you know, we are going to see a little bit of this across the time. I love the fact that he sought that, that independent council just to go through and, and evaluate what's best for him. Uh, we just want to see our players thriving once the once their footy chapter closes. And, you know, sure, uh, it's it's sad just to see it cut short. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a sort of watch this space in, in that, that area in terms of concussion. And, and, you know, we've seen it over the journey with, um players having to sort of step away, Venables over in per uh, yeah. in West Coast and Scotty Stevens and things like that in Adelaide and, and there's been number of players over the journey. So I'm mindful that it could be it could be one concussion, it could be multiple, you know, that that um you know has a has a lasting impact. So I, I've I certainly had my fair share of concussions through the mm. career and you know, I'm in the gun as well in that in that sort of space. So you just always you, you know, keep it front of mind to think. Um, you know, making sure you're looking after yourself for long term.
0: Still involved at the club, though. He's working with the AFLW, um, yeah, women at the moment. So um, and doing a great job there. Funny story about Max Lynch. Actually, I caught up with him Tell and it. and his girlfriend Izzy at the Hawks mid season drinks about a month or two ago. Izzy gets up super early to go to the gym. Max, for the last seven years, he wears a, um, an eye mask to sleep every single night. Just a little. Just a little. Yep. So just, he, he kisses the doll goodnight and then, yeah, puts his, <laughs> <laughs> puts his little eye mask down, rolls over and goes to sleep. Bless him.
1: <laughs> there is things called curtains. I don't know. Like, you, he's, can you, <laughs> you can do hate. Good. He's
0: going to hate me for revealing that to you, but um, that's all right. Um, Clarko. As well. He's coming back. He's uh, put pen to paper in a letter to the Ruse members talking about why he stepped away. He needed to remove himself from that footy merry-go-round for a substantial amount of time now. But dude one thing that really stood out to me in this was Clarko saying that he initially felt quite embarrassed having to step away, but since then he's come to the realisation that nothing is embarrassing when I guess addressing your physical and mental well-being, and I think that's such an important message.
1: It's a hugely important message because um, you know it's more prevalent than than we expect across all society in terms of people having to deal with mental health issues or and improving their mental fitness. So I'm super passionate in that space. Just to so to see Clarkson, who I know is a fierce competitor, it would have been mm. so hard for him to to step away and walk away from something at at the helm. But, um, you know, for him to to invest that time in himself and, and get his mental fitness and mental health right, so important and such a, a wonderful message to people um, who might, you know, might feel at times where life feels like it's unravelling for you and he's been under incredible pressure um, and the focus has been, you know, intense on on Alistair. And, uh, part of this is getting back into coaching, which we know he loves so <laughs> much and he's got such a big role to play at North Melbourne
0: As a player coming up against an Alistair Clarkson side, did you just know that they had tricks <laughs> everywhere
1: yeah you've just got like you sort of get off the the ground you're like not only you know battled physically but that like that mental challenge of just going you know what's happening today what's happening on the ground and you know there's always something happening against uh Hawthorne you know there's trying to change different matchups because he was always (laughs) just an architect of of getting those right matchups to to impact the game
0: Mm, Pumped to see him back and can't wait to see what he does with this North Melbourne side in the coming years. Before we get to a quick break, just another couple of news stories. Kamenidi gets off his one-match ban for striking James Sicily and also Zach Jones. He'll miss the rest of the season after scans revealed a medial ligament strain and lateral cartilage damage in that same game. He only managed three games back before this new injury, Jude. What's going to happen with Zach Jones? Because unfortunately, he has been quite injury-prone, hasn't
1: he? He hasn't quite got that consistency, t- and, and I've seen that across my career in terms of guys who just, you know, you're never going to get a run at it and yeah. it, it makes it really hard for, you know, particularly you know, list managers working out, okay, where does where does Zach fit in our mix? Because at his best, and I always judge people at their best, he's a damaging Line breaking player, but if you can't get out in the park, they've got some decisions to make. But yeah, certainly wish him all the best. It's um, hopefully he can get on top of that one and you know have a big preseason. But we'll wait and see mm-hmm. where that ends up. But Caminiti getting off, you know, I thought it felt like it down it needed to be downgraded. It wasn't much of a uh, strike in terms of the open hand and the like. I don't like seeing the action yeah. for it with uh, Willie Riol recently, so I don't like that sort of creeping into our game. Wasn't enough for a for a week uh, week suspension. I didn't think so. Mm,
0: has been downgraded as we said. We've got to get to a break. You are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, you know what to do. Hit the bell. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Jude Bolton joins us today and Ethan Meldrum's just jumped in studio with me. Eth, great to see you.
2: Good to see you, Abs. Good to see you, Jude. Down the line. How are you doing, Eith, mate? You're looking
1: well. <laughs> I'm excellent. You look even better than <laughs> I do.
0: Oh, You too. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Compliments galore.
1: Oh, I tell you what, Abby at Logies looked pretty good too. Oh. Don't worry about that.
2: Yeah, none of us can so. compete with that
1: Oh,
0: thank you, guys. You're any any
1: backstories? Any backstories? Abs? I'm always fascinated what happens happens in yeah, well, yeah. the parties. and.
0: Yeah. Well, on Monday I was a little bit quiet about it, but I forgot nice. about one of the biggest stories of the night, and that was that I think it was the Blue Wiggle. Anthony wanted a photo with BT, yeah. Brian Taylor, yes. one of the greats, one of our, our great men on <laughs> trip. M footy, and BT was all like, yep, no worries, let's get a photo, but the Blue Wiggle thought that he was Lee Matthews.
1: Oh, BT BT would have had the head wobble, he would have had the head wobble, like, look
2: out. Yeah. How did BT take
0: to that? He would have hated it. No, do you know know what? Everybody was absolutely in stitches, laughing. He took it very, very well. He's an absolute legend, BT, but yeah, he was like, it's the moustache. Of course. It's iconic. Yes, exactly right. Just not
2: for Collingwood and Richmond for the Hawthorne Football Club.
0: No, exactly right. So that's probably the big story of the night.
2: (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to follow that with my stats, (laughs) but I'll I'll give it my best. Hit us with them. Um, Lance Franklin, we've got to talk about him, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, We touched on it a few weeks ago, the era-adjusted goal stat. and uh, It's popped up a couple of times on on social media this week. So era-adjusted goals essentially trying to equate how how your goals are valued based on the era in which you played in of course like Jude as you know we're in a lower scoring era mm-hmm. less goals are kicked yep. now than they were before so you don't get your bags of 15 16 17 you don't get people kicking 100 goals in a year of course Lance Franklin was the last person to do that maybe the last ever so the era adjusted goal stat has equated Lance Franklin the last time he played and kicked 3 goals before he was subbed off against Essendon that's bumped him above Tony Lockett for most like the most effective and most efficient goal kicker of all time, effectively. So it's equated him to, in a standardised era, he would have kicked 1,211 goals. Tony Lockett would have kicked 1,209. So that three-goal bag in his last full game has just nudged Buddy over the line because, of course, it has. It's Buddy. Yeah. Credit to him and a credit to how good he's been for so long.
1: Look, I I can completely take this on board, but, you know, when you look at Lockett, lucky enough to play with Plugger, but he kicked like 125 at Moorabbin when St Kilda were a shocking side and mud <laughs> and sludge. Um, so, yeah, no, it's um, it, yeah, these things are always great trying to compare eras. But, yeah, for me, there's only one Tony Lockett in terms of that side of things. But uh, Buddy is up in the upper echelon as well. It's wonderful to see.
0: What's your favourite memory of playing with Plugger?
1: I think just uh, I can still remember my first kick of training to him. Uh, Queen's Park. And I remember running out and I was almost shaking with the ball. (laughs) I think I kicked it over his head. I missed him. And I just was just shaking my head going, I've grown up as a St Kilda supporter. I loved him, you know, and uh, I've missed my first opportunity to kick to him he never I hardly ever trained plugger like it was unbelievable just turn up just turn up with a little puma bag and get off and kick get off the plane on the day of the day of the game in perth and kick eight and fly back home
2: no he never needed to he was a jet <laughs> i want to follow one from that matt crouch and i know you were you were singing his praises on Mm -hmm. Monday abs, and rightly so. He's been Adelaide's second highest rated player over the last couple of weeks, behind Tex Walker, who kicked seven in a showdown. So, of course, Tex is going to be number one. Matt Crouch is number two. Just what he's doing sort of behind his stats, he's always been a really highly rated ball winner. It was, you know, he broke the record for most touches in a home and away season once before Tom Mitchell did. So he's averaging 27 touches over the last couple of weeks, all 35 of his handballs have been effective, so the AFL efficiency is normally around sort of like 87 88%. He's going at 100. Oh. 19 of his clearances, yeah. seven of them have led to scores. That's third in the comp. Second in the league for score involvements. Number one rate of pressure player at Adelaide. Uh, fifth in the league for smothers. Seventh for tackles. Rates above average for ball use, particularly going inside 50 as well. So he's not getting those big sort of 35, 40 numbers. I don't think he needs to, but no. I think the message is clear to Matt Crouch that now he's a super efficient player. He'll still find it because of course he will, but I think he's being a lot more efficient with the ball and the numbers and do back that up. This is what
0: blows my starts. mind dude. is that this guy's played three games this year because he hasn't been able to get into the Adelaide mm. Crows midfield group. So, oh, um, he's, he's
1: a phenomenal player and I think uh, that, that efficiency as you mentioned and just impact I love, it's not just you know, padding out of stats, having that sort of impact as you mentioned Heath, that's That's huge for for the Crows. What a fascinating game that's going to be against the Suns. Yeah, it'll be terrific through that midfield battle.
0: He's only 28 as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah,
2: he's only 28 and he's out of contract at the end of the year. All the chat's been that he's a delisted free agent and he'll go somewhere else. But, you know, Crows are still a live chance of making finals. Yeah. Let's talk about this year. Like, he may well be uh, an important part of the backbone towards the Crows actually getting there if mm-hmm. they get on a roll. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big game against the Suns, as you mentioned, Jude, who knocked them off in Darwin early in the year. So, yeah. Talking about kicks inside 50, top five kicks inside 50 in the competition. So ranking all of them for retention. I find this list quite interesting. It's basically the most efficient ball users going forward. Uh, an honourable mention to Archie Perkins, who just mm-hmm. he sits just outside that top five uh, for retention. Willem Drew is number five. I haven't really sort of classified him as a ball user. Like he tagged yeah. Nick Acros a couple of weeks ago, but he ranks number five for retention. Brian Myers is number four. The goal assist king himself. Jack <laughs> LaCosha is number three. Jason Horn francis he was number one. We mentioned that earlier in the year. He's now number two. Number one, and I find this really hard to believe because he can't kick it to himself. It's Toby Green. Toby <laughs> oh, Green is wow. the number one kick inside 50 in the competition. He retains the ball 61% of the time from his 70 kicks inside 50. Again, he can't kick it to himself. He's that that 40, blows my mind. He's kicked 49 goals this year. He <laughs> clunks everything, but he's also the number one rated player going inside 50 in the competition. Like I find that really hard to believe. That's staggering. But the numbers back it yeah. up.
0: Oh, my goodness. He is unreal, isn't he, dude?
1: Oh, he's had a, a phenomenal year. He's had a phenomenal number of years. Um, just, uh, yeah, uh, I love the fact that they gave him the sole captaincy. He's mm. been able to throw his team on the back multiple times this year um, and just how, how incredible he was in front of goal against the Doggies the other day. Just uh, yeah, you know, said, once again, I'm going to take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and and take you guys to where you need to get to.
0: Isn't it funny that externally when he was announced as captain, everyone's like, oh, I don't know about this because he often finds himself in hot water. Yes. But since he's become <laughs> captain, as you said, Jude, everyone's just in awe of this man. And you can see just how strong of a leader he is because he does. He just puts this side on his back and says, come with me. I'm going to roll this team.
2: Yeah, and you you can't deny that the way, as you were saying, dude, the way he just took the game by the scruff of the mm. neck in the third quarter against the Dogs, he kicked mm. what four goals in that quarter. Oh, yeah. Had another chance that he probably should have kicked. It was just like, follow me, essentially. Oh, I'm going to win this game, and you guys are going to
1: get behind me. And, and I love that stat of the delivery inside fifty, though. Like, just yeah. he he is he's so creative. He's always thinking, thinking team as well, like he always does, and. And that time, that, that, some of those times when he, thinking, team is I have to own this moment and go back and kick a set shot from a tough angle because that's what that's what team expects me. But his delivery is, you know, when I think about the games we watch really closely, he, he does. He's creative, puts it to a good advantage, and and hits that target.
0: Well, speaking of Toby Green and the GWS Giants, it mm-hmm. is no longer the Battle of the Bridge that is gone; that's in the past. It is now the Sydney Derby. This yes. game is crucial. GWS sitting in sixth spot, Sydney in tenth. Dude, what's it going to be like on the weekend?
1: Oh, it'll be red hot? No, I think both teams. Um, you know, there's a genuine, you know, bit of hatred against amongst each other uh, amongst the both sides, and um, you know this is this is where the little brother has you know superseded the the, the older brother for a period now, and um, you know certainly the Giants have been terrific, and I think. Uh, Dane Rampy, um, they should probably go in favourites. They've been on the back of this seven-run uh, winning streak. Giants, I love the way their defence struck at the moment. They're super hard to score against. With Sam Taylor back uh, through that middle part of the year, and he's been phenomenal.
0: Heath, how do you reckon this one's going to play out?
2: I I fancy the Swans' chances in this one, to be honest, and that's that's through no like statistical backing, but I think it's the Swans' turn to sort of, you know. Wrestle the wrestle the Sydney dominance, if you will. Sort of like it's been all Giants, as you were saying, Jude, for the last mm. last however long they won early in the year. Remember they were t- they were four goals down, kicked the last four to win the game at the SCG. Mm. Giants are on the back of their longest ever winning run, and they're they're in the in the top eight, locked and loaded for finals. I reckon it's the Swans' chance to put their foot down personally.
1: Interesting, yeah. No, I think um like, like I think the Swans' game's in good shape at the moment. So this is that, oh, I just love the fact that. This, the, we've got games this weekend that are, are ladder shaping, and you know we've just we've come off the back of last round where the top three teams have have all lost, and and that battle for the final positions in the Ader. Uh, uh, right on! So it's uh, it's exciting time,
0: Jude, Before we let you go, I'm very intrigued to know who is your favourite Sydney Swans player at the moment. As a past player, I am a big Tom Papley fan. <laughs> He's yeah. like the energizer bunny that runs through that side. But who do you love watching the most?
1: I think um, I, I've loved the the development of er- Errol Gordon. You know, I think um, having seen him as a young kid hanging around the club uh, <laughs> early on, his dad actually used to. Yeah, cook for the players for many years. So, you know, sort of, we've known Errol since he was a really young fella, but, um, um, so I've just loved his development. his his delivery inside forward 50. I was surprised that he wasn't, um, you know, in that top five for, with, with Ethan stats before, but, um, so just someone like Errol's been, been phenomenal. And I love Chad Warner, you know, his explosiveness when he's at his best, he's has not been quite at the peak that he produced last year, but, so damaging when he gets the ball and breaks away from stoppage. Looking forward to
0: that Sydney derby on the weekend. Some yeah, it'll be, it'll be close.
2: All, all Giants games have been close this year. I think they've got one of the lowest both winning and losing margins in the league this year. Yeah. So it'll be a tight one no matter what. I'm really excited to see who gets up. If
0: it is anything like that game earlier in the season between mm. these two, we are in for an absolute cracker. Jude, great to see you. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Great to see you, Avi. See you. Good to see you, Mark. Good to see you guys. Well
0: done on the stats front. Always killing it.
1: Appreciate
2: it.
0: You guys have been listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, or you can hit us up at TikTok at footytalk pod. Thanks so much for joining us. Tomorrow, you've got Daisy and Heath. Listener.